Shit. And just like that, we're back. <laughs> we are here. My man. It's good. A pleasure. It's good. Likewise. Always a pleasure to see y'all, man. Yes, if, sir. If y'all on the way, we have a legend in the building. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not going to introduce him because legends introduce themselves. Wow. Um, <laughs> my name is Sid. Um, as a DJ, play the music. So it depends on who you are and how you know me, but it's either Sid or it's play the music or, you know, then there's some other hood shit that we won't get into. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's for another podcast. Yes, sir. But um, for those who aren't aware, you know, you mentioned your DJ, but that's not where you stop. No, 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 not at all. I'm the owner operator of Everything is Fake, Everything is Real. Um, one man band, one man show, a streetwear brand for men with you know, women in mind that explores duality through graphic story and offers, you know, um, premium cut and sewn goods here and there as well. So not just a little t-shirt brand, you know, or a clothing brand. It's actually a lifestyle brand, you know, put out a bunch of, you know, home goods and different accessories as well too. So anything creative, I like to be in that space. Nice. So, uh, for those who may not be aware, uh, me and Ant and a few other of us, we started out uh, taking pictures, and we are from Long Island, obviously, and we eventually made our way to the boroughs, <laughs> and uh, we started getting into uh, party photography and event photography, and that's where we met Sid. Uh, yeah. Met him on the stage. I don't know how we got on the stage, but we got there. I, I think I think the my like earliest earliest me, any memory of y'all mm. was you taking a picture yeah. of me or somebody else that was playing on the same bill mm-hmm. with like a little. I, it's it wasn't a disposable camera. But it was a little it was film, film camera. Film, yeah, like, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I was like, but who are these kids? And are they the hired photographers and what's going on you know and then i just met y'all little by little and it was like yo these kids i like their energy like it's pretty dope you know right 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 so um just because uh my introduction to you our introduction to you was djing yeah i think that'd be a good place to start sure how did you get into djing oh um I won't even give y'all the, the childhood the childhood stuff, like the early, early stuff. Oh, man. Like the first time I was ever on techniques or whatever, I think I was like 12 years old. My best friend is three years older than me. Hmm. Um, he had like a paper route or something at that time. Maybe I was even younger. I was pro- not even 12. I was probably like 10 or 11. Damn. He had a paper route, and he wanted to save up for techniques, and he did that, and then we used to go to his crib, and, and I could never get it. Like, I... Love music, grew up on hip hop, but I could never get it. It wasn't good in any capacity. Fast forward to 2012, my brother started a day party uptown called Brunch Bounce. Um, and then so now I'm constantly, every once a month, I'm surrounded by all my homies that are DJs. Ooh. And me being the young 31 year old at that time, um, not to age myself, but um, I was just a lot more braggadocious and I would talk a lot of shit you know what I'm saying so I used to tell them all the time because of my like just innate love for music because I used to write raps I used to produce all that whatever right I'm like I know music so I used to tell them during their sets y'all lucky I'm not a DJ because I would smoke you and I would say this to them on a regular basis Uh so one day uh one of them who actually ended up being one of my mentors when I said that to him mid-set he took his headphones off and said here and Ooh. I chickened out. I was like, oh, fuck no. Wow. <laughs> right? Hell no. Right. Mid-set? Got like, just there. get on? I was like, nah, that was his way of shutting me up. 
pressure. Then another homie who I actually really looked up to, you know, as a DJ or whatever, he's a really good human, but as a DJ, he told me one day, he said, my bad, he said, yo, why don't you start DJing? He was like, you have an ear for music. Mm -hmm. So it almost became a bucket list thing. It actually did become a bucket list thing. I had two things on my bucket list. Learn how, I've been driving manual cars since I was 12 years old. Mm -hmm. But he was like, my, my bucket list was, learn how to ride a motorcycle mm. right like i know it in practice but actually get on a bike and do it and dj once in front of people mm. that was my bucket list and i fucking bombed oh <laughs> i put up an ig post about this too saying this story but i bombed i practiced practiced for two weeks for a half an hour set at output in the panther room it was me and two other homies. We were each going to get a half hour. So the first hour and a half was us three. And the three of us actually started learning on the same day, in the same crib, being taught by the same person. Damn. I fucking bombed, yo. Ooh. I don't know how. I played 22 songs in 30 minutes, and it was a total disaster. What, is, what was that like, that experience, that right after <sighs> you got off of stage and you just Whoa. realized I really stunk this shit up? You know what? I don't know if it was that moment, like any particular moment, but I knew that after that, it would. The question was, do you give up or do you get better and go? Yep. Right. The other thing is that a little bit after that, a couple weeks after, well, maybe no, maybe like the like that was in September because that was my brother's birthday. A few weeks before that, we were at. Um, my boys, damn, and if she sees this, she's going to be like, damn, you're never going to let that go. We were at my boy's fiance, then girlfriend's parents' house, little upstate, right? We're chilling. He brought his controller with him and speakers. So we're all on the deck sitting at this large patio table, right? And he's like, yo, he's telling to one of my boys, he's mm -hmm. like, yo, get on. But he gave him a full-on tutorial, how to use the shit, everything, right? And I'm watching the whole thing. So... Half an hour goes by, 40 minutes. He smoked it, whatever. He did his thing. We were like, oh, he could actually spin. He's like, you want to get on? I was like, yeah. My man goes, yo, there's play and there's play and walks away. Wow. The dude who's, who's controlling yeah, it is, right? And this right. is my homie, homie. I was just yeah. with him last night, too. <laughs> so I was like, wow. Yo, I'm like five minutes in. His girl is sitting like across from me or something, whatever direction. And I look up. I swear, I'm like three records in. And she looks at me dead in my face and she goes, yo, you fucking suck. Damn. Right? Oh, man. And, yo, at that moment, I was like, I never want to hear that shit again. Right. And I never right. want to feel that again. Right. So then comes the, the joint at, at Output and it was like, all right, nobody said it to you, but you know. You feel it. You know you didn't do your thing. Right. Right? And now it was like, do you take it serious and go or do you just say, fuck it. Right. This is not for me. And, and we I, know where the answer to that was. Yeah. Six years later, seven years later this year, mm -hmm. um, still DJ. That's yeah. beautiful, so, man. I have a question. How did you... My bad for the long-winded answer. No, nah, no, nah, we <laughs> love it. But that's the story. That's yeah. the story. Nah, it's, it's, it's an interesting story. What about, like, what made you decide on play the music? How did... Mm. Okay, that's a good question. So, around that time, I was going to a lot of, um, a lot of festivals. EDM, the bubble was just blowing up it hadn't even popped yet it was blowing up we had gone to edc vegas a couple times and a lot of different festivals here and shit like that and i realized that the djs who are technically in that world they're the artists right mm -hmm. they either have a really short one word name that's catchy or like some of them are using mm -hmm. like three words and right and i was like 
yeah, that's it. Like, I want to go that route, you know? And then I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I thought about it, and it didn't take long. But usually when I settle on something, like, in my mind, it's because I'm so, like, picky and critical. And it was just like, what the fuck do DJs do? We play the music. <laughs> so that's my name, play, play the music. music. Yeah. Also, I feel like I, I hate DJ names. Sorry, DJs. I hate DJ names that start with DJ. Mm. I fucking hate it. It's, mm-hmm. it's stupid to me because fine at a particular moment or if you're in a particular segment as a genre i get it but outside of that i don't know i think it's corny i think it's corny and it, mm-hmm. it's even people to be like oh your dj play the music and i'm like no i'm not i'm playing play the, the music, music. You know yeah because I mean? it's such a unique but like it stands out i appreciate that. I, I, yeah. yeah it's like a name that really stands out you don't hear rappers running around calling themselves mc anything anymore yeah <laughs> right so right. it's like what are we talking about why are that's we still true. there yeah that's right. true, that's true. um but yeah that's that's how they came about um Speaking of the, uh, like, EDM, I remember we talked one time you mentioned that you had a set at a festival, right? Mystery Land. Mystery Land. Yeah. Oh, wow. I've, I played Mystery Land twice, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what is, like, your favorite space to DJ at? Like, a festival, a, a venue? They're uh, different. You know what I mean? I think that I got to DJ three festivals. Mystery Land, which was on the Woodstock grounds. I did that two years in a row. Ooh. And that was, like, super special. That was super special. Because the first time we did it, we were told and we were asked, we were interviewed and asked the question, how does it feel to be the first group of Latinos performing on the Woodstock grounds since Carlos Santana at the original Woodstock? That question just blew my mind. I don't know if anybody else that was with me really felt that, you know, or maybe they did, maybe they didn't. We've never really talked about it, but that was a super special, you know, just thing to learn. But that same, that same, um, that same festival. So the sound guy, I get carted off because we're like running a little later, whatever. And I got the first set from my crew or whatever. It was an hour and a half set, and the sound dude comes up to me and he goes, "Yo, you ready?" Because I had my USBs in and all that shit. And he goes, "You ready?" And I was like, "Yeah." He was like, "By the way, um, no reason to be nervous. You're just the first person pressing play in the entire festival." Oh my Taps God. me on the shoulder and walks away. This is my first festival set. I'm like, wow. Yeah. All right. Pressure. If yeah. anything goes wrong, it's on me. Like, what yeah. the fuck? And I have video of that entire set, and I could have sworn I bodied it. Don't get me wrong. People have fun. But two, three years later, looking back at that footage, I was like, man, you stunk. And it's not that I stunk. It's that I just got exponentially better as time went right. by. Right. I mean, that's how everything you know? is, right, you feel. But I will say this. The following year, we yeah. went back. So that year, we had two stages mystery land granted the brunch bounce company basically two stages there was a pineapple stage which literally was a a pineapple made out of balloons a huge pineapple made out of balloons right and it was the first stage you got to right Mm -hmm. off the campgrounds oh nice then you walked all the way up the hill to the main grounds Mm -hmm. and the first stage there is a ship it looks like a pirate ship. Oh, I actually went to a mystery where they but had they that. But they basically turned it into a DJ booth. And okay. that shit had a big hill. All my homies were DJing up there. The next year, I played the third set on that pirate stage. They gave it to us for the whole day, too. Ooh. When I can tell you, yo, I will put that set up against a lot of sets that were played that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With confidence that it's a fire fucking set. You know right. what I'm saying? I, yeah. I've gone back and listened to it. I've seen video of it. Right. Um, but then I also played Life is Beautiful in Vegas the mm-hmm. week before the mass shooting. Oh, wow. Same grounds. Wow. Yeah. Um, which is also an interesting experience. I 
didn't do my thing that day mm. for several reasons. But, <laughs> you know, it, it was an amazing experience. But in terms of parties, I think it's different. It's a different, it's an intimate. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I, can, I can see why, like, a festival would be completely different. What about genre-wise? What's your favorite genre to spend or, the, like, night type of night? To be honest, that shifts. At one point, I wanted to play. I, was, I, op- I started as a house DJ. Mm. house and electronic right mm-hmm. okay. but I never wanted to be pigeonholed so I started to learn how to play just like everything right. right man it shifted from that to open format to like just straight party rocking um, and then over the past two years two and a half years I think like, mm-hmm. it's been a lot of like just Latin music because I'm bored with American music like mm-hmm. the new American music mm-hmm. I really like what's going on in the urban Latin space so yeah. as of late I've enjoyed playing more anything yeah. that's not American. Latin. Okay. Are there any Latin parties coming up? Because yo, I love. I remember the Latin nights at at, at Lot, man. Lot. They yeah. were amazing. Man. For any Latin people, I almost don't even want to like. No. I'm, I'm gonna be real <laughs> political about how I answer that shit. Okay. Yeah. Um, fair enough. We're working on it. We're working okay. on it for sure. I think anybody that was at Lot 45 during those reggaeton parties understands yeah. what was going on in that in that place. You know, lying down the block people not leaving till four in the morning yep. Hmm. you know but um yeah i like playing afro sets i like playing you know dembo sets reggaeton sets mm-hmm. you know or all of it in a set you know some baile funk you know just a lot of everything that's not american music mm-hmm. okay know? for now for now yeah. so know? i have a question how would you say that being a dj has informed your direction of going towards making uh apparel and things of that nature got you okay i think the greatest thing that djing can teach somebody is how to be a servant how to be in a servant role mm. right because basically when you're spinning right yeah you're not spinning for yourself right. some djs do do yeah. right and that's not what you're supposed to do you're supposed to spin for the people Follow the rules. Make the girls dance. The guys will follow. You know right. what I mean? It's a servant role. Plus, the other part is that whether it's a one-hour set or an all-night set, you're controlling or contributing to the soundtrack that belongs to a bunch of strangers night out. You understand what I'm saying? So, for me, in terms of making apparel, making lifestyle goods and stuff like that, I think it's really like spreading my brand's message and keeping what people like in mind. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to always do, you know, you have to you have balance. to cater to your customer, but you also have to condition to your condition your customer. You know Steve what I'm saying? Job, so, yeah, it's yeah. it's a balance. It's a balance. I'm not going to put out scarves if people are on an anti-scarf rally. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it is. You know, like yeah. some people do that and it works for them and that's right. just, you know. But then there's certain things that you also want to bring to light like I, like of course the immigration campaign you did yeah yeah and then you know the 421 that was a cool one too and then there's also seasonal ones like your latest one of course so yeah so we've we've covered basically gentrification Mm -hmm. like start from chapter two forward right because chapter one was just like let me show y'all that a young new designer of color right doesn't automatically need to just put out t-shirts and hats right right so we came with full-blown cut and sewn hand embroidered pieces right Mm -hmm. then after that it was like, all right, let's go into the graphic story. And the first thing we touched on was gentrification with the thank you for leaving pieces, right? Um, the second, the next one after that was the legal chapter, which celebrated marijuana, came out on fourth. No, actually, no, chapter three was immigration, mm-hmm. right? And we put out the immigrant university crew next. 
Then after that was the legal chapter. This marijuana is legal now, mm -hmm. you know, and it's the marijuana world tour team. Um, and then after that, chapter five just opened up and it's dedicated to New York City summer. You know, it's it's an ode to New York, to New York City, but also to like give if, if you watch the media that's going to basically accompany every drop. You're gonna see two things. You're gonna see the beautiful and you're gonna see the gritty, right? Because you get a lot of people that come to New York now and it's like, hey, I live in New York. Where are you from? Montana, Tennessee, yeah. you know, you see a lot, Iowa, you hear a lot of that, yeah. whatever. And it's like, yo, you should get to know both sides instead of just your little midtown bubble. Right. You know, there's a lot going on here. And while you're enjoying this, all these amenities and this, that, and the other, that either your trust fund is paying for, your dad or your mom's credit card is paying for, whatever, on the other side of that bridge or further uptown or, or maybe even further downtown, there's some people that are going through it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And, and there's, you know, certain things that hold people back. There's certain things that push people forward. Mm. But either way, there's dualities in everything, you know, and I'm just trying to explore that as best as possible through yeah. the graphic story, you know? And that sounds like pretty much how if i were to ask you how you would explain why you chose everything is real i mean everything is fake everything is real because there's two sides is that how yeah you it's also a personal thing too um it's almost like a like an agreement a personal agreement with myself because mm -hmm. i honestly i've been wanting to do it i've been wanting to be a retailer since i was like 26 years old okay right so let's call it 15 years okay right um, always been into the arts, always been in a creative space or whatever. But the interesting, the interesting thing is that everything that stopped me from doing what I wanted to do mm. was absolutely fake and fear-based, a hundred percent. Yeah. You know, so right. I understand that it can be, you know, fear of failure or um, complacency or you know, what's the word? Procrastination. It can be a lot of things, but it all right. it all boils back to things that aren't real. Right. Like yeah, the yeah. real shit is the courage, it's the drive, it's the ambition, the motivation, the discipline, the love for what you do, you know. And at the end of it all, I looked at it and I was like, yo, if I was given a talent, mm -hmm. what I consider a talent, right? Or maybe somebody else considers a talent, how would I how would I be okay with God leaving this earth and not using the talents that I was given. Right. It just doesn't feel right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it, it's a personal like agreement with myself. You know, it's uh, the exploration of dualities, you know, and, and a lot of it is an ode to New York City, you know, yeah. for real. So Did Yeah, you I could see that that's like super like a part of like the identity of the brand. It's important to me. It's important to me. You know, it's the city that made me, it's the city that raised me, mm. you know, a hundred percent. And it's like some of my friends you know, are moving to Los Angeles, or already moved to Los Angeles. Right. You know, there's somebody else close to me that's about to move to Miami. You know, and I'm like, I've always wanted to have a space in either one of those two cities, mm -hmm. but I just can't see myself, Living. you know, my car can't ha not have a New York license plate. <laughs> my ID cannot be New York. My mailing address cannot be comma NY. Like, it, it's crazy to me. Yeah. Like, because I look at it like, all right, you know when you're a little kid and hmm. you look at a globe for the first time? Yeah. Right? And you're like, man, this is like a lot of places, yeah. right? And then like New York is like this little pin drop on that globe, right? Yeah. And it's like, yo, I look at it like, not even New York State, obviously, but New York City, City. right? Mm -hmm. It's even smaller, obviously. Um, if you're lucky enough to be born and raised there and conditioned to the struggles where, and you can like understand how to make it there as opposed to just coming from elsewhere and try to just, you know, take all the cool shit from it and not stay for the struggle. Mm -hmm. If I'm lucky enough to be here and not be struggling because I know how to navigate these waters, why am I leaving? Yeah. I'm not saying it'll never happen, but. Right. Know, 
but that's why it's so important to you know I consider I consider myself lucky to right. be able to like have experienced New York for 40 and a half years yeah you know I mean? so, beautiful no, yeah what would you say like to somebody because I we you mentioned how you know a lot of the things that stop you is can be fake it's all like in your head mm-hmm. like what would you say that really like took you to that place where you just all right now's the time to be honest bro and i don't mean to get like spiritual deep or whatever however you know your your viewers are going to perceive it mm. but a lot of it came from what they call like uh shadow work which is basically just like being self-reflective doing a lot of reading doing a lot of meditation doing a lot of praying like doing a lot of introspective like just mm-hmm. work you know on myself at mm-hmm. the end of the day look we all got friends we all got acquaintances we all got in in our mind sometimes at some point an image to uphold whatever the case may be the only person you can't lie to mm-hmm. is when you look at yourself but when you look at yourself in the mirror you could almost lie to yourself if you're laying there staring at the ceiling. <laughs> but if you look in the mirror, you really can't bust that lie down. And if you do and believe that shit, you're a psycho. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, it was a lot of that. It was a lot of, like, just understanding, like, you have all these things, bro, and, and you've been wanting to do it, and what's holding you back isn't real. Yeah, so yeah. go do this shit. But a lot of that came from the work that I did, mm-hmm. you know, over the past few years yeah. for myself, just to be the best version of myself. Right. You know what I mean? Well, what do, what do you say, like, in five years, what you want, everything is fake, everything is real to be at? I mean, I would like to get to the point where three to five years, the goal is um, standalone brick and mortar shop. Nice. That's that's an experience, yep. you know, and can do the best job of translating the brand's message through the actual space, like beyond the clothing, not right. actually the space itself, uh-huh. you know, that you come in and you just kind of understand the dualities or even want to have a conversation about it, you know, because, yo, there's, yo, think about it. Is family fake or is family real? Real. Real. All right, so what about family members that do you greasy and just don't care about you and have their own intention? Is that real family or is that fake family? By blood. Forget about that. Do you understand what I'm saying? You also have family that you choose. Those are your friends, right? right? And sometimes they're more of your real family Family than than your your actual family, family, right? Is money fake? Uh, Yeah. Is money real? Uh, Yeah. You see? (laughs) So we can can keep doing this for a really long time. You understand what I'm saying? Like, is love fake? love real is sex real is sex fake that's that's very real right we can and 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 you can just keep going and going and going and just like it just gives me an opportunity to like have these conversations but also what i've realized is that through the graphic story Mm. it's just art right it's art on a garment that you can wear and you're going to wear it if it aligns with what you believe in right or the statement or whatever the case may be or you just want to be controversial you just want to cause a conversation you know what i'm saying so it's just that so like I'm getting somewhat older, obviously, and uh, I'm starting to just really see the value in sharing intellectual uh, information, you know what I'm saying? Giving it back to people that are younger than you and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So- Very important. um, Would you have any piece of advice for somebody who maybe wants to pursue, at least for right now, let's just say, they want to get into the DJing space. What advice would you have for a young person trying to pursue something like that? Um, you know what? One of the one of the biggest challenges is getting gear. Mm. Right? Hmm. I'm gonna tell you like this. I didn't buy gear until the pandemic. Really? Yeah. My first set was 2014. I had a residency all of 2019. I had spun festivals by then. I had spun in LA, I had spun in Miami. You know what I'm saying? I didn't buy gear until the pandemic. 
it's just a matter of like don't be scared bro like if you're scared to i practice literally on a program on a software called Recordbox mm. because i don't use serato i don't like using a computer when i play i like to be focused on the crowd i don't like to be hunching over typing i'm six foot four i'm not trying to get those i don't want the smoke with that type of back pain yeah you know what i mean so for me i literally just put Recordbox on my mac lap, uh, laptop and fucking just practice transitions the only difference is you can't practice frequency control you know but if that's the case learn how to blend just using a two channel like that on your computer and go to guitar center and plug your usb and your headphones and you don't even got to go through their speakers or whatever play internally and learn frequency control things like that you know what mm -hmm. i mean the advice is do not let not having gear stop you mm. should you have gear should you practice absolutely i would have been exponentially better but if that's what's holding you back don't let it hold you back and i and i go to that because i know from conversations that that's one of the things that stops a lot of people. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's that's the advice that I would give anybody who's trying. And if you're scared, yo, let me tell you something. So I just spun at Locksmith the other night on Saturday night, 4th of July weekend, right after the pandemic, everything opens up. It's my first venue. I played a block party a couple of weeks ago, but it's my first like venue, first time playing back uptown after all these years, right? Somebody asked me, "You nervous?" I said, "Hell yeah, I'm nervous." And I'll be nervous till my third or fourth song, and then I'm and then I'm in my groove, and then and it happens to all DJs all the time. I have a friend, matter of fact, the one that I said told me um, to DJ because I have a good ear for music. Mm -hmm. He's been DJing. He's like 33, 34 years old. He's been DJing since he was like 15. High school parties. He told me at that Mystery Land, the second one, that he had to throw up before every set. Or you have to take a shit before every set. Oh yeah, the, damn. The nervous shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and this dude is wickedly nice. Yeah, right? yeah So yeah. it happens. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, it, it really, really happens. Like, don't worry about being nervous. Just go. Find your groove and go. Yeah, I feel like you can't always escape that. You know, there's there's always gonna be like I'm sure like you know if we have like a shoot that we it might be routine, but if it's like something that you know you know more stakes. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, you're always gonna feel something. And 100%. if you don't, I'm like, do you even really, really want to do it? Like, I remember, I forgot who I was watching, but they said they were talking to some type of, like, it was an actor, and it was she was speaking to, a, like, a, an older actor, and, and she was saying, yo, the, the moment you stop being scared is, is the moment you don't care anymore. Yeah, and going back to the two things on my bucket list, you know, I've heard people, because... I've been around people that had motorcycles, stolen motorcycles, all that shit growing up, right? Mm -hmm. And I would hear them all the time. You would say, well, they would say, the minute you're not scared anymore is the minute you're going to fall, you're going to have an accident, you're something you're going to get hurt bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. they tell you, everybody's going to fall. Yeah. But the minute you stop being scared, you're going to hurt yourself, like, really bad. You know? And it's almost that. It's like, be scared, but yeah. do it scared. You know? Yeah. Like, the homie Low Key said, do it scared, yo. Like, mm -hmm. you know? Um, it's okay. And it's okay to fail too, because yeah. there's learning in failure. Yes, you know, is. if you fail fast, you get and and take from it. You fail fast, learn fast. That's how you get better. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, so, yeah one thousand yeah. percent. I agree. So, yo, what 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 is like the craziest you craziest thing you've seen while you were on deck? Hmm. <laughs> like something that stood Negative out. Never positive. Let, let's go with both. Let's say the be, the the positive. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'd rather. Um, positive the crazy uh, shit what's more positive than people just having an amazing time and yeah. just like really wilding like so what about the negative nasty <laughs> <laughs> no the negative the negative actually i still feel bad about till this day um i'm not gonna say the venue right okay, yeah, yeah no specifics my boy and i were playing a 
Beyonce versus Rihanna Ooh, party, that's... which y'all should know the venue by now. Yeah, <laughs> ah, <that's... laughs> right. So I played. We we had four hours, and okay. then another DJ was playing the last two hours. Mm-hmm. So the way him and I did it was, I played the first hour, he played the second, and then we back to back the last two hours. Mm. So, right? so I'm done with my hour. He's on. It's between eleven and twelve or whatever, right? And there's this kid that comes up to the rope, you know, which was about two to three feet from the stage. Right. Y'all know. Yes. And he comes up, and he, and, and there's a security guard there, like mm. there always As was. Always is. Okay. So he comes up, and he's like, "Yo, what's up, sister? Right? I, I can't hear what he's saying. Right? He's with his girl. He's not, he's not, she's not being rah-rah about anything, right? Mm. So I'm like, what happened? And he's like, yo, can you play? And I was just like, let me get a little bit closer. I was like, matter of fact, come here. I was like, come here. I called him up to the stage. Like, yo, come here. So he comes under the rope and security grabs him up mad quick. Mm-hmm. But like, slams this kid into the wall. Ooh. And I'm watching this whole thing happen. Like, why is he doing it? No, as a matter of fact, it was like, what are you doing? And he's like, he told me to come up. So, and, and the kid, like, maybe, like, inches up to go because he's like, yo, the DJ gave me clearance. Yeah. And he ends up just roughing him up, whatever, whatever. You know how it goes down. Security guards yeah. at clubs, because of their conditioning and probably their daytime occupation, mm-hmm. they tend to be aggressive first and then ask questions later. Right. And so the minute a security guard gets on the mic and says, I need help. They all swarmed. They take uh, him out the spot, right? I'm, I'm like, yo, I feel bad. Right. But there's like 40 minutes left to go. All he was trying to do is request the record. Yeah. That's right. all he was trying to do. Yeah, yeah. So I feel bad. It's like 30, 40 minutes left on the set. I'm watching him get dragged out the spot. Yeah. It's early. Yeah. It's not even midnight yet. Yeah. Nobody's in danger. Right. Right. <laughs> I told my man, I said, yo, I'm gonna run outside and see if this kid is alright. Uh-huh. Right. He said, bet. I make my way through the crowd. I'm getting towards the front. The security guard that roughed him up is inside. He's still not. He's still inside the venue, but towards the door, mm-hmm. right? So when I, well, actually, when the whole thing was happening, I was like, yo, chill, chill. I told security, I jumped off the stage, and I was like, security, Ch- chill, yeah, 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 yeah. right? And he just looks, he goes, get the fuck off me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> all right. That whole thing happens. I make my way outside. As I'm making my way outside, I walk past security, and I looked at him, and I was like, Yo, I, what did, I told him, I basically told him he wilded out. Like he just, I said you overdid it. That was that was totally unnecessary. And I keep moving. I'm not waiting for his reaction because my goal is to make sure that this kid is all right. Mm-hmm. Not because my name is on a flyer, but because he was communicating something to me, and I told him to come talk to me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Nah, I felt I like responsible. Right. Yeah. So I go outside, right, and and after I said that to security, I was like, yo, you overdid it, like you overstepped or whatever it was. You know, I didn't curse at him. I whatever. I just kept it moving. All I hear is, you want some too? And I was like, well, wait a minute. See, this is Adrenaline kick. No, you know, the thing is, and I told him straight up, I said, the problem is, is that you think that I'm, you know, um, what did I say to him? I was like, you think that I'm just somebody that knows how to play music. Mm-hmm. The problem is that I'm, I'm a hood nigga that knows how to play music. That's number one. <laughs> yeah. Number two, I'm booked by this venue and you're threatening me. Right. Right? Yeah. Lastly... Because I, I asked, the first thing I asked them, I turned around and I said, are you fucking crazy? That's the first thing I, that came out of my mouth. And I said what I said, and then I looked at him and I said, here's the craziest part. I know where you're at every weekend. 
<laughs> you have no idea where I'm at. So let me ask you a question. What happens in the event that I walk to my car, pop the trunk, and air this place out? And now you caused all your homies to get hit up too. And any innocent bystanders, because you ain't know how to act. And right. you didn't know who I was. Right. Right? And not that I'm not that I'm I'm that guy. Of course. But, but you, you don't, don't know, know that. You don't know that. You know that. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so I look, I was like, are you fucking stupid? Then I turned around and I spoke to the kid and whatever and I felt bad he yeah. told me he was like oh, the first thing he said was on oh, my fucking birthday bro oh, and I was like <laughs> damn you know and he thought I worked for the club and I he's like you got a card and I was like okay hold on yeah. I'm hired by the club facts I don't work here facts I just wanted to make sure you're okay right and he wasn't okay you know yeah. I wouldn't be either and then I went back inside and I spoke to the superior security guard who was a dude's boss or whatever and I told him I was like number one I don't want him near me ever again Whenever I play here, he cannot be by the stage, period. Yeah. And number two, like, I repeated to him. I was like, is this guy crazy? Uh -huh. He's going to put y'all in danger yeah. thinking that he's talking to whoever. Yeah. When all that shit, when all I told him was that what he did was unnecessary. Certain people don't want to hear that, though. Yeah. So you know I mean? that's the, you know, that's, a, yeah. that's the extremity of it. It's from right. people having a great time mm -hmm. to seeing things like that happen. Right. Right. Know? And then there's everything in between. Mm -hmm. I was about to say, there's a lot in between. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? Seeing young people like y'all going for it, like, or me inviting my homies to play and watching them play at a new venue for the first time, coming from another borough and tearing it up. Mm -hmm. And, like, being able to, because that's one of the things I did, too, at those parties. You know, I was curating and I was programming the Latin parties at, yeah. the, at this spot, right? At Lot yeah. 45 and, you know, where I had my residency. And a lot of it was like, yo, Sid, I want you to be the main, this girl's gonna open for you, bet. I love how she opens. Now you curate the rest of the night. So it gave me the opportunity to reach out to, yeah, know, to that mm. DJ, this DJ, that DJ. That, yo, come play. Right. What's and that like? I feel like that must feel really good. It, it, it was, it was like, I always like putting people on. Right. You know what I'm saying? I always love that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, even from when I met y'all, like, one of the mm -hmm. first things that I told y'all was like, yo, uh, like, like you know, I think I, there was a conversation before the zine dropped, and you guys might have even had the idea already, but I was mm -hmm. like, yo, y'all need to do this, or whatever, like, and try this and try that, and yeah. I told y'all, spread out. You yep. go to these clubs, you go you to did. those clubs, I you go to those that. clubs, yeah. you know, and, and just widen y'all neck, you know? That. Like, yeah. I just, I don't know, man. There's just something in me that feels like part of my reason for being here yeah. this time around because who knows right? right how many times i've been here i'm gonna be here i don't know yeah. right but this time around i feel like i'm a messenger more than anything else mm -hmm. you know i was born in 1980 and i was thinking about it two days ago actually i was like man i was too young to experience certain things and too old to really like uh, appreciate certain things that the people like that were maybe five or six or seven years right behind me and it's not too like it's almost like you have it's of the year because i feel like anybody that was like i was born in 87 mm -hmm. they're like i lived the 90s this that and the other whatever what you know what i mean like yeah. other than now i was like right on the cusp for a lot of things yeah you know? so for me i just feel like man you know, if greatness is there and it's in my destiny, cool. But along my journey, I feel like my responsibility is to be the messenger. That's mm -hmm. why I say to people often, if I know that they're exponentially younger than me, mm -hmm. like, yo, I'm talking to you from the future. I probably even said it to you a time or two. Like, yo, yeah. I'm talking to you from the future. Understand <laughs> this. You know what yeah. I mean? Not because we're living in a different time, but my timeline is a little bit more accelerated than yours because I was born a couple years 20 before. years before y'all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, 
but yeah man i feel like that's what it, that's the important part you know yeah. and for you guys paying it forward to the next group of kids that y'all might see in a year or two or three or ten and be like yo yeah i'm starting to see it now yeah. and it's it's yeah. it's so weird it's it a is. weird feeling because i've never been like for one i'm the youngest in my family mm. so i was the youngest person everywhere i went when it sure. came to like family wise so sure. they see the people that's like, a blessing though yeah it's a blessing and a curse at other times yeah yeah but look man i'll give you an example when i was 21 my, my best friend again he's three years older than me i've known each other since i was four and he was seven right mm. um there was a night we went out my first clubbing experiences with him my brother whatever whatever everybody's older than me my brother everybody you know i'm 15 they're like 16 17 and 18 right so now i'm 21 and i'm in the club and it's just him and i and we're just a group of kids at 21 and they wilding and he goes yo you see those kids over there they're the same age as you but because you got that head start, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And, I, and I feel like you can apply that to everything. So if you guys are able to pass along and give another kid a head start, right. maybe, it, maybe it feels that's good. part of your purpose. Maybe yeah, that's part yeah. of your purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? no, I, it, it, this is a special feeling that you get when you do like yeah, that. Like that yeah. experience we did, we had a pilot shoot that we did, uh, like somebody that had no experience on camera, you know, mm -hmm. operating a camera yeah. and just being able to. But it's, it's also, you got to kind of learn how to, properly teach teach yeah. and like and you know execute it well you know yeah well but part of that is um exercising your communication and communicating yeah. properly right yes. it's like yeah. the one of the just the biggest keys of life in general yes yes the yes. other thing is you know there's a difference between like memorizing something and knowing something yeah mm -hmm. right like you could be smart because you got a good memory yeah but that doesn't make you knowledgeable because mm -hmm. you might not be able to explain it exactly. you have to be able to explain it and that's yeah so there's a combination right it's being knowledgeable Right, but being knowledgeable comes with communicating properly. Right. So that's a really, really important thing. You know, plus you guys are gonna see, you know, and I hate to get older on y'all, but you guys are gonna see along your journey as well that the more opportunity you open up to other people, especially whether they're older than you, younger than you, like if you look at your your videography and your photography, right? If you look at the trajectory and where you are on the timeline, are you the beginning? Are you at the end? Are you right? Mm. But the more people you help along the way, the, just the more positive and the opportunities that are going to come back. Yeah. You know? So that's super, super important for me and to me, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, real quick, though, I want to go back because this is, I always wondered, a, a lot of DJs have different opinions on this and you just mentioned something. Oh, the story about the kid. What is your take on, like, requests? Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember last year, I was, because we were all, you know, shifted into streaming. I'm like, yo, 2020, there's no request whatsoever. <laughs> I'm playing for you for free from my bedroom. Why are you requesting records? Yeah. You know what I mean? Just yeah. change the stream, bro. You didn't leave your house. You're still in pajamas. You probably didn't even brush your teeth. You had to put on what time you woke up. But you but open your mouth to make requests. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I also believe that, like, my brother says, if you want to go to the club to make requests, you should just sit home and program music on your own and listen to yeah. whatever you want to listen to. Right. Because the truth of the matter is two things. One, and this is not all the time, but often. Mm -hmm. One, you played that song already. Mm -hmm. You played it already. And that person just got there. Right. Or wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Was hollering at some shorty and didn't hear it. Or whatever. Yeah. She might have taken 100 selfies in the bathroom and missed it. Mm -hmm. It happens. Yeah. Right? That's one thing. So the party didn't start when you got there. Right. The other one is like, I'm going to get to it. And your request is not... It doesn't even line up with what I'm doing right now. So like chill out yeah like yeah, let yeah. the night go you know people will come up and be like it's let's say party time whatever 10 to 4 now it's like 9 to 1 9 to 2 whatever right yeah and they'll come up and ask you for a 
mega hit record mm-hmm. that you know is gonna flip the place upside down. But it's like ten forty five. Oh yeah, like yo, it's not my fault that you've been pregaming since seven o'clock, bro. Yeah. Like, slow it down. Chill out. Yo, that is the see when you, when you put that out there, it kind of brings up another question. Like I've had friends who've like DJ and stuff like that. Shout out to my boy Rouse. Rouse, I know you, you used to do that <laughs> back in the day, but like there was like a thing about certain like DJs when there's multiple DJs on the bill playing certain records. Mm-hmm. How does that go? Like as far as you know, what I mean, if if there's a song that I know that I know that like. For the most part, when I'm on bills, nobody's a headliner. You, what makes you the headliner for that night, possibly, more than likely, uh-huh. is the time that you're playing. Right. So in part, in reading the room, you're not going to... Look, man. Excuse me. Unless you're an egotistical maniac of a DJ, you understand. Don't go playing the world's biggest record at the moment if... Yeah, you know yeah. that. Come on, yeah. bro. We're not even there yet. Yeah, uh-huh. but but there's this other part too, mm. and this is on one end. I'm I'm gonna share this with y'all. On one end, and I'm sorry, any DJs that are watching, if I give this up, but it's the truth, and I know y'all are gonna agree with me. DJs get in their feelings. Why? Because they're creatives. Yeah. So you have your moments. You want to kill it. You're upset if you didn't. Whatever. Whatever. You want to be the one to get that pop from that record. Whatever. Whatever. Right. There's right. a bunch. So now. There was a time where I was playing an R&B party. Mm. There's four DJs on the bill. Mm-hmm. Six hours, 90-minute sets. They put me to open that shit. There were, was one DJ that was supposed to, that was on there that should have been a closer or an opener, and another DJ that was on there that should have been a closer or an opener, right? And then myself and the other DJ, any one of us should have got those prime time slots. I'll comfortably say that, right? No problem. Because I understand my tenure, right? Yeah. And what I can do. Fine. They put me to open. I was like, bet. Yo, those last 20 to 30 minutes of my set, I went ballistic. <laughs> I went ballistic because that 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock hour, I'll be playing mad slow. I let more of the record go, whatever, whatever. That last 25, 30, 20 minutes, whatever it was, I went ham, right? And I I purpose, I did it because I knew that I should have gotten that next yeah, slot. Yeah, a message. Quick. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I knew it, right? And I, and I also looked at the DJ like... I hope you're ready. Like, this is now, see, the flip side of that, too, is that it's not all that bad because, number one, they're 90-minute sets, so I'm already into that 11 o'clock hour, into the second hour of the party. The room's already full by now, mm-hmm. right, or, or 75% full. Right. People are vibing. People are lit already, whatever, whatever. You have to be prepared. Yeah. Right. As a DJ, yep. you know what I'm saying? I can't come in at any time expecting to play all the bangers. Yeah. What happens if the DJ before me plays all the bangers? Now I got nothing to play? Right. I'm not prepared. Yeah. You're supposed to be... And it's, I used to complain about that a lot early on. My brother told me, he goes, yo, let me ask you a question. In the history of music, hmm. how many songs that you could play at a party do you think were recorded? And he just didn't even... I didn't even have to answer. He just looks at me, he goes, thousands. There's thousands and thousands <laughs> and thousands and thousands of records. Yeah. That even if somebody played the whole top 40 list... You should still have more than enough and ample yeah. to just to body a set with yeah. no problem. You know? yeah. So to not run out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It yeah, happens. Something. It happens. Sometimes you do it on purpose. Yeah. Sometimes my own boys have done it to me and I'll, and I'll look at me and smile yeah. like, ah, I got you, <laughs> right? And sometimes it's just like sometimes it. you're like so in the zone and you're like, you're like, I know he asked me, he called me or texted me specifically to ask me to not play this record, which is oh, wow. sometimes that happens too, and that's fine. Yeah. You know, depending on. 
the relationship. The relationship of yeah. Like of if it's me and my homies, like you know, one of my homies hit me the other day. He was like, "Yo, I don't y'all know. I don't like to do this. You know, I never do this. But can you not sit? Can you not play?" Uh, and I was like, "Got it." I was like, "But you know, I'm gonna play." And he was like, "That's fair." Yeah, yeah. You know, and it, and it's just like that. You yeah. know, especially if you got a good relationship, and but you should be prepared. You should yeah. be prepared, just like yeah, like you go out, right? You go out, you're shooting, you're nowhere near your house. Yeah, you run out of film. You got backup rolls, right? If your camera fucks up, chances are you might even have another, another camera, camera too. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you got an extra charger. You got this. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be ready. You be know? ready. Sometimes for anything. it's the music. Sometimes it's your gears fucking up. Right. Yeah. Right, so I used to go out with one USB. What happens if that USB fucks up? Mm-hmm. I'm shot to hell. My boy was like, "Yo, make a clone of it." Bet now for the past three years, every time I DJ, I got three USBs on me, and they're identical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that will not be a reason why I fail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You understand that, what I'm yeah, nah, so it's 1, just the preparation There's and a things lot like of that. Yeah, little things that just help you succeed. Yeah, at the end. yeah. But the biggest thing that's gonna help you succeed is either a not being scared mm-hmm. to move forward mm. and even if you are scared like do it anyway do it scared mm. my brother says on the other side of fear there's awesome mm. you understand what i'm saying yeah, that yeah. shit is just a fence bro yeah that's all it is yeah. you know when once you get even when, all right going back to what i said earlier about like the, the doing like a lot of introspective work right mm. that shit is a dark alleyway Oof, is it that nobody wants to walk through right because mm-hmm. ain't no darker place than like you're Intimate, most the recesses of your mind, and all that, right? Yeah. What you think? What version of you is gonna come out of that shit if you make it out of it? When you make it out of it? Because it's nothing right. you won't. The strongest. You, know what I'm saying? The you strongest. just have to keep going and going and going. Yeah. So imagine you could walk down this dark alleyway, and on the other side of that is just like utopia. Mm-hmm. You understand? That's how I look at fear. Yeah. Right. It's like just go, bro. Ain't nothing gonna happen to you. You gonna be alright. And if something happens to you along the way, you're probably conditioned or trained or experienced to and if you're not then you're going to learn from it and you keep it moving yeah yeah no that's a that's a very positive way to look at it you know what i mean i spent too many years being scared of failing not even being scared of failing being scared of my face being attached to something that failed which Mm. is totally asinine like looking back at it it was just stupid and it was the greatest waste of time ever but it's part of my journey and it got me to this point yeah yeah one thing i I notice is that like something I've heard so many times since is just nobody really cares. Like you're yeah. probably the only person that really yeah. cares about what you're doing, unless you're like you know there's exceptions. Like if you're like a really big athlete or some shit like that, then people are gonna care. But at the same time, people are gonna care and they're gonna f- care about whatever the fuck else they're gonna care about for the rest of the day. Hundred percent. You know 100%. what I mean? I know. I know a dude who's all right. So when I was younger and I was making music, right? I, I went from writing fucking like what would be like spoken word style poetry mm-hmm. never recited or anything I just write it right um, and then from that I went into writing raps and then you know recording and then just like moving away from like freestyling over industry beats and um, wanting to make original music right but I had the money to go ahead and pay somebody for beats so I learned how to make beats myself now my raps was even tighter because they're over my shit the mm-hmm. raps are coming to me while I'm making the music yeah. right fine then I move away from the recording because I just enjoy the production side of it so much you know what I'm saying but at the end of the day it's like I almost, and I almost lost what I was going to say but you know people just like have like these things where they're just scared to do shit right mm. and back then I was like I don't want nobody to help me I don't want nobody to help me I don't want nobody to help me right y'all think I'm ill you think I'm ill you think I'm ill you think I'm an ill producer all the drug dealers on this block think I got fire beats Y'all, nobody's buying beats from me you don't want to manage me you don't want to do ah, 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 right 
fine. Fast forward years later, a friend of mine was expressing the same thing to me, and he is wickedly nice. But yeah. he's a Scorpio like me, and hey, I feel like he went same. through the same exact shit. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I'm not going to put him on blast. He's in an amazing position right now, doing amazing things for a brand that you guys are well aware of. He's doing amazing things, exponentially proud of him. Yeah. Mm. Um, but, you know, that almost held the mirror up to me, yeah. to mm. what I went through. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then what I realized is, people will along the way people will believe in you once you show them that you believe, believe in you. yourself that's until then powerful. it's not yeah. gonna nah, happen cool. it's yeah, not gonna yeah, happen yeah. at all you know what i mean you yeah. just gotta believe in yourself and show people that you're willing to bet on like yourself confidence yeah confidence. that's like with anything yeah nah, that's one thousand percent yo so shit it's been a while but i remember on your stories you'd be posting the illest i don't even eat this shit but <laughs> but the <laughs> foods that you be putting up and then <laughs> like you would always have like a like a nice quote to go for it like what is your favorite go-to food breakfast. it's funny <laughs> breakfast? <laughs> breakfast bro i could eat breakfast three times a day no problem yeah um i just enjoy it i i like that's the meal that i enjoy the most out the day Word. but you know I, around that time that was just me just being more creative it wasn't so much because i didn't cook all of it Okay. Right? But I would plate it and take pictures of it. Because yeah. to me, there's an art, art artisanal it. part of yeah. making it, mm -hmm. but there's an artist, artist, artistic part to plating it. Yeah. And that's what I enjoyed. Yeah. And it's funny because my mom told me one day, she said, you plate your food like you're serving it for somebody else. And I like that. <laughs> and I was like, yo, when I sit down, I want to eat it. And at least yeah. before I bite into it, I want it, I want it to be appetizing to me too. Right. You know? Yeah. So it's that. But that's just part of the, the creative yeah. in me. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But my go-to, man, I don't know, bro. I become, yo, there's a lot of craziness in there that I actually scrolled back. Uh -huh. And I looked recently, I was looking at like old Instagram posts. Mm. And it was like this like creme brulee stuff, Ooh. pancakes with blueberries. Like it was just crazy. Like fry, I, I fried strawberries, bro. Like I don't know who had muddled and fried strawberries yeah. and like had a cinnamon cream cheese. I'm just, it's crazy. I'm, I'm getting wild hungry. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Pe peanut butter stuffed pancakes. Well, what was it? Peanut butter stuffed pancakes with homemade blueberry syrup, like blueberry and jelly compote. Like, yo, I just be wilding. Nah, yeah. really, yo. I've, I've, I've literally taken bread and French toasted it. Mm. This was like two years ago, three years ago. Uh -huh. I've taken bread and French toasted it and then dipped it in pancake batter. Oh shit! So it's, you know what that I'm saying? Like, but so now what people are doing is doing that and then putting it in a waffle iron. Yo. So it's literally French toast a with pancake around it in a wa in, in the form of a waffle, and then putting you know I mean? peanut butter and making it a sandwich. Like, yeah, what the yeah, fuck? yeah, 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 yeah. That's mean, wicked. You know? Nah, because I used to, I used to like, uh, I, I found a lot of techniques because if I wanted to know like, how do you see? I, I remember how do you see your tuna? Like was a question in my head. I don't eat seafood, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But I watched videos on how to sear tuna. Yeah, just yeah, because yeah. you never know what you're gonna pick up along the way, like whether it be how you hold a knife yeah. or how you do, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You so. know what? That's a that's a that's a big point because I'll be watching the randomest food videos that I don't eat any of it, like yeah, mad cakes, eggs, and like all this shit. Yeah, and but, you learn some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess flowers. Yeah. Well, real quick, what what would you say is a typical day? For you like start to finish typical nothing my, crazy. my day is almost like programmed nice okay. um 
Is that my, a good my, or bad thing? You think? Uh, that's, I think that's fire. At least it's good. Yeah. It's the discipline that I gave myself. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like even before. So basically, I had a corporate job, nine to five. Yeah. Whatever. Lost it a month after the whole lockdown or whatever. They laid off mm-hmm. pretty much like 45 percent of the workforce. You know what I'm saying? And then around that time, like throughout that time, come November last year, I had the idea of. Uh, of starting the brand, right, based on a conversation where I said everything is fake to her as a reply to something. I'm in L.A. I said, man, everything is fake. My boy says word. And I just replied, everything is real. (laughs) And I was like, oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? But luckily, I already had the discipline. I wake up at 8 o'clock. Well, when I was working, working, I was waking up at 6.30. Little by little, you don't have to really go anywhere anymore, right? You're going to. So I I wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning. Mm. I go to sleep between 2 and 3, by the way. Right. So for me to wake up at 8, I'm only getting six hours of rest. Right? I wake up at 8, mm. and I literally would just mind uh, the financial news and world news from 8 to 9.30. Because oh, that's wow. how you understand what's happening on the market. And then the market gets my attention from 9.30 to 10 in the morning, managing both both of my portfolios, a large one and a smaller one, um, buying, selling stocks, whatever it is, or just like holding and just understanding and then from 10 to 11, it's all like self-care. And then I intermittent fast too. So that gave mm. me, that allowed me to add that, like a different yeah. part of discipline where I had like a, a marker. Yeah. So from 10 to 11, it's all like self-care, right? Yeah. Whether it be, mm-hmm. you know, uh, skincare, shower, right. whatever, whatever. Like Meditation. just making, making my bed like yeah. every single day, you know what I'm saying? And then first cup of coffee, first cigarette, take my dog outside, uh-huh. you know, whatever. 11 o'clock I eat and yeah. then from there it was like reading for an hour so anywhere from half an hour to an hour and a half depending on what I'm into yeah right and then from there it's open up my computer and mind the business right you know till whatever time depending on what my day is like yeah right. prior to everything opened up bro I was sitting there sketching from 1 o'clock in the afternoon to 2 3 o'clock in the morning every day for like 40 50 days straight dog like weekends right. everything I, I was non-stop i was a machine you know i had the whole i'm i was already designing february of goods for next year by april of this year like I, it was just non-stop yeah. non-stop you know right. so that's that's what my day is like um i think it shifts too Mm-hmm. Like let's say between chapter four and chapter five, yeah. There's about when did we shoot? Then when did we shoot? Well, four twenty. So from four twenty to July second, mm-hmm. there wasn't a drop. In that time, it's just you know doing different things that had to do with the business or just running different errands or yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. So right. That's what my day is like. Okay. You mm-hmm. know, but I'll be up. I'll be up to like two o'clock in the morning and shit. You yeah. know, just uh huh. When so, do you stop? Because you said you intermittent fast. When do you cut the, the eating? Seven o'clock. So from seven 11 to like to, eleven. Eleven to seven. Eleven in the morning to seven p.m. Is, is so that a sixteen-eight split? Or that's, what? A, that's an eight-hour split. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, from I, and I, and last year I was really, really, really heavy on it. Yeah. Really heavy, like even to the point where one week in June, one week in July, one week in August, one week in September, one week in October, half a week in November, and like two days in December because of all the holiday food and all that stuff. <laughs> I literally chose a week out of each month where. I only ate fruits, vegetables, water, green tea, no sugar, black coffee, no sugar. Okay. Um, if it didn't come from the ground, I wasn't eating it. Yeah. Wow. Not bread, not meat. Yeah, yeah. Not oh, dairy, wow. not any of that stuff. One week per month. So the result of that, from January 4th till my 
the end of the year, I lost 45.6 pounds without walking into the gym once. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just starting at right. Just, just changing eat. my eating habits, habits. You know what I'm right. saying? Like I was doing like I was doing my sets of push-ups every day just because that uh, that was another discipline. Yeah. Make your bed every day. Do yep. your push-ups in the morning. Do your push-ups at night. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't to get brolic or any of that shit. It was just habits. like a disciplinary yeah, thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I might have taken a couple walks for a few miles just to get out the house. Mm-hmm. I might have jump rope like three times, but I smoked cigarettes and that shit. It was just like ah. dying. <laughs> um, you know, but Word. yeah just it's just that but it's 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 been an interesting you know past yeah pandemic <laughs> you know what i'm saying Very i worked with one. you a couple of times throughout yeah, the sure. pandemic yep, you know yep. which was pretty awesome time. Yeah. um still looking forward to working with you guys even more yeah um but yeah that's what my typical day is like sorry Word. for the long-winded answers no yeah no nah, nah, it's just, just productive getting a lot of stuff done yeah. getting a lot of new stuff to come mm-hmm. it's exciting man yeah and, and well the, the thing is too is that you know i never run out of things to do because i am the entire company yeah. so example everything for the most part made in new york right let's say like the cut and sewn goods stuff like that but when i gotta make these accessories everybody that makes accessories understands you can't get socks made in america so now i'm speaking to people that are 12 13 hours ahead of me yeah that speak a different language yeah the information is going through a translator. Yeah. Sometimes they're not understanding me and I'm not understanding them only because it's translation software. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I got to talk to you until you get it right. So now I'm speaking to you maybe two, three days in a row at two o'clock, one o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? But then I got to wake up and be the shipping manager because I got to ship these orders out and run, pack everything and run to the post office, drop all that stuff off. Right. And then like, just, yeah. The data analyst, the designer, the, the manager, the media guy. There's sometimes I just take the whole day to manage social media. Yeah. And post and, and write captions and share and whatever. And that's a whole task in itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? It's, it's a whole job for people. That's their whole yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. There's always a lot to do. I, I try to remind myself to give myself time off. Right. But, bro, I remember the first weekend that I try to give myself off, Thanksgiving weekend. I try to give myself that weekend off. And I had only started working like a week. Before. Matter of fact, no, it was Christmas weekend. Uh-huh. I tried because I didn't stop. Once I started, I didn't stop. It was right before uh, Thanksgiving, sometime before. And when I tried to give myself that weekend off, that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever it was, bro, by Sunday I was like mad at myself. Like mm-hmm. itching, right? I kept looking at the computer like, yo, just it was like t- it was like open me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, man. Pretty much, I'm a regular guy. Real <laughs> yeah, regular guy, yo. Yeah. Just like to be in a creative space and get creative shit done. Yes, one thousand yeah. percent. We appreciate so. you pulling up here. Oh, no, thank you guys. Yes, sir. Yeah, always, always, always a pleasure. Before we, before we depart, you know, you gotta, we gotta, gotta give out flowers. Okay. We should just give flowers to whomever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll let you start. You know what I mean? Yo, let me get flowers to my mom. You, you know go. what I'm saying? You took my go. answer. I'm going to get flowers to my mom because, mm-hmm. I, yo, I've said, I said it to her the other day, and I've said it to her a bunch of times, but whenever I talk about her, I try to just, like, boil it down to the simplest way I can say it. She's the closest thing to a saint that I know. I know that she ain't perfect. She knows that she ain't perfect. But, man, that lady's heart is just, you know, just inspires me to be as good of a human as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, but since we're here, 
and I'm the kind of guy to have instead of give out flowers, I'll give out a flower shop. <laughs> flowers to y'all, man, for the oh, consistency. <laughs> for real, for real, for the consistency. You know, I met you guys in 20, the top of 2019, something like that. Yeah. We're in 2021, and you guys have just been consistent individually and as a crew, and I love seeing you. Thank you. Now that means thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Trying and yeah, consistency is key, like you said. Yeah, it's not easy at times, but Mm -hmm. as long Mm -hmm. as you, like you were saying, just do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, get it done. You know. Yeah. Uh, you want to go flowers? All right, so I'm gonna give the flowers out too. It, are we, last time I remember, we we not we don't have to do person, right? We don't have to you do don't got to be a person. It could be you know, a thing. Cause Loki, I'm gonna give flowers to the AC units today, bro. The AC units. The AC oh. units. Shout <laughs> out to AC down. units. Cause, Cause this summer, it's hot. Yeah. It's hot yeah. Summer. It's, it's you know shaping up to be something like really bad. Yeah. Uh, but you know, New York summers are amazing. Listen, man, as long as we don't get a blackout, I think we're fine. Yes. Right? As long as we don't get a blackout, we're fine. Right, 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 man. right. That's it. I don't even want to put it in the air, but as long as we don't get a blackout, <laughs> we're fine, yo. Shit. Uh, I'm going to give flowers to my mom as well. There I'm you gonna, go. I'm going to give it to my mom. The queens deserve it, man. The queens deserve it. Like, uh, when you get older, you start noticing more things and life starts to become, you start to see like the different textures of life that you probably didn't notice before you yeah. know what i mean sometimes yeah. you need a different lens to view it in uh, for sure um like, just, my, like my dad told me i don't mean to cut you off like no, you my good. dad told me when i was like 16 he passed away when i was like 17 and a half he told me one day he said this private conversation we were just chilling and he said i went to go bring him lunch at work he was like got a little side job or whatever on the weekends mm-hmm. close to home and I went over there, whatever. He was like, sit with me while I had my lunch. I was like, bet. I'm talking to him. He was like my best friend. Just like, what's up? Whatever. And he was like, he, he ended up telling me in that conversation that, that I would never love him more than I, lo- more than I love my mom. That I would love my mom more than him. Right. And I was like, what? You're bugging. Like, I love both of y'all. What? Right. It wasn't until I was like, how do you know? Uh, 25. Around there. That I really, really, it wasn't my dad passing away a year and change later. Yeah. It was like, really like around that 23, 24, 25, where I was like, yo, I understand what he was trying to tell me. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that you're going to love them more, it's just that it's a different... It's different the way different. that, you know what I mean, the yeah. things that a mom, the moms would do yeah. for, for for their children, you yeah. know what I mean? At least good mothers, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. no, no shade to anybody, but sure, you know. Sure, sure. But yeah, you start to really notice the, the sacrifices that they make, mm-hmm. and uh, I just want the world for my moms, so yeah. uh, I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. So yeah. That's 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 absolutely awesome. Yeah. Before I get out of here, because I know my brother's gonna see this, I have to say this. Shouts to little Lila June, my niece. Uh-huh. She just turned a month old. Beautiful. Fell in love with her the first time. She looked at me and yeah. it's just like, man, absolutely <laughs> amazing. So that's also part of the new excitement that's yeah. happening in my life. You know what I mean? And man. Things, Maybe things are interesting. Yo. Spice more creativity of some sort. I, yeah, I hope. If I was ever gonna make kids' clothes, I'd be. Mean, <laughs> I don't think I needed any more inspiration than being an uncle for the first time. You know what I mean? So, shouts to little Lila June. You know? Well, yeah. that's the wasted podcast, people. I would like to thank Sid for pulling up. Absolute yeah, legend. Play the music. Everything legend. is fake. Everything is real. Yeah, Please yes, check out his stuff. Yeah. He makes really great pieces. Thank you. Uh-huh. Please Thank you. go check Support. it out. At Made Support. by Everything on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, MadeByEverything.com. Yes. You know, pull up, man. There's, there's something there for you. Trust yeah. me. And, and there's <laughs> more coming. So. Yeah. More coming. We just more kicked off new, the Chapter 5, New York City Summer, just launched with the Fireworks Coat It was a pre-order. There are four more designs coming for this chapter. Um, they're all pre-order units. So... 
It's up to y'all. Some of them will be 72 hours. Some of them will be 96 hours. But follow me by everything, you know. And uh, You'll know yeah, when everything is coming. You'll know when everything is coming. There you sure. go. Nice. Smooth. We out. Oh, man. Oof.